1: On a Monday. It's all leaving with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at all leaving podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. What a beautiful Monday it is. Lots to get to. NFL week five. There were a lot of great games. Dak Prescott has a gruesome, catastrophic injury. We're going to talk about Monday Night Football as well. The Lakers are the NBA champions. We're going to go over game six and all the stuff that happened with that game. We're going to also talk about LeBron James' legacy and the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. Week five of the NFL is almost in the books. I want to talk about those games that happened on Sunday as well as we're going to preview the Monday night football game, but I want to talk about three games. I want to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders against the Chiefs. I want to talk about the Seahawks versus the Vikings, and I want to talk about the Cowboys and Giants. So let's get to that first game. Let's talk about the Raiders and Chiefs. Raiders win this game 40-32. It was a shootout. Derek Carr was phenomenal. He threw 347 yards, three touchdowns, an interception, almost a perfect passer rating. Josh Jacobs had 77 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, didn't really run the ball well, but it was effective. He wore the defensive line down for the Chiefs. It was was a great game. Henry Ruggs had a great catch, 72-yard bomb for a touchdown. Aguilar had a touchdown. Darren Waller got into the end zone. But I want to talk about the Raiders' defense. The Raiders' defense frustrated Mahomes for most of the night. They were dominating that offensive line. It was impressive to watch. I did not see Mahomes be truly, really comfortable in the pocket. You know, he threw for 340 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire didn't really have a good game, 40 yards on the ground. Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey. Eight catches, 108 yards, a touchdown. Tyreek Hill had three catches, 78 yards. But like I said, the Raiders' front seven, that defensive line got to Patrick Mahomes. It made him uncomfortable. He had to flush out of the pocket multiple times. He was under pressure. It was... It was really impressive to see that this Raiders team is for real. They are legit. They are a threat to this division. Not saying that they're going to win the AFC West, but they're a threat. They're a serious contender. On the Chiefs' side, defensively, they did not bring it. They gave up a lot of big plays over the top. This is not a Chiefs' defense that normally does that. So it's really shocking to see. I don't know what the game plan was. I don't know if there was an offensive scheme that they didn't recognize, but they got exposed they got exposed and let's see if they can be able to make the adjustments going to next week but listen these are two good teams somebody had to lose and that's basically what we saw Patrick Mahomes is still a good quarterback he's still the best quarterback in the league to me but you know sometimes this happens sometimes you're gonna get a team that plays you well that you're not truly comfortable but he still had a decent performance So, there's not really much to read into with this game in regards to the Chiefs. They're still a good team. They're still in mid-season form. They're still one of the favorites to get back to the Super Bowl and possibly win the Super Bowl. So, eh, you know, it's just a loss. But for the Raiders, this is a measuring stick game. Like, they know that they can be able to compete and compete with the best teams in the league. Next game I'm going to talk about is going to be the Vikings and Seahawks. Seahawks win this game 27-26 in a stunning comeback. They were down 13-0 at the half. And then all of a sudden, the third quarter hit and Russell Wilson woke up. It wasn't an impressive game by Russell Wilson, but you saw the fight. You saw the grit. He had 217 yards passing, three touchdowns and interception. The running game wasn't all that great, but Carson, he had 52 yards on the ground and a touchdown. DK Metcalf. The savior of the game who scored the winning touchdown with 10 seconds to go. Six catches, 93 yards, two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, another unimpressive week. He continues to struggle. Four catches, 44 yards. But this is all Russell Wilson. This team goes as he goes. They were dominated in the first half, like I said, but they never gave up. But the biggest decision in this game came from the Vikings. Fourth and one. At the five or six yard line, they decide to go for it instead of taking the points. Had they took the points and took the three, they would have been up eight and you would have had to force the Seahawks to get a touchdown to win the game or to tie the game. So that was a terrible, terrible decision. I don't understand what they were doing when the defense was not playing well in the second half. If this was the first half defense, then you can be like, okay, cool. But they were not playing well. They were not playing well. I I really don't understand that that call. And sometimes these calls will come back to bite you in the ass. If it works, you're a genius. If it doesn't work, then people are talking about it just like how I'm talking about it. So this team is 1-4. and They're in flux. They needed a win. And they choked it away. They literally choked this win away. This is not a good look for this Vikings team. This was supposed to be a confidence builder. They win this game. They can be able to say, okay, cool. We can go into next week. We can feel confident. We can build on this. We can start to get some rhythm. Dalvin Cook got hurt. So we we, we really don't know what's going on with this team going forward. For the Seahawks, listen, they're 5-0. they are They're not impressive. They're not an impressive team to watch. Russell Wilson is an impressive guy. He's an impressive athlete. He's a great quarterback. DK Metcalf is starting to put his stamp as a perennial dominant receiver week to week. But this is not an impressive football team collectively. So we'll see exactly how far they can go. But for right now, they're 5-0. Everything's great with the Seahawks right now. Kudos to them. Pete Carroll is stepping high in his Monarchs right now. So, you know, like I said, kudos to the Seahawks. Next game we're going to have on the list is going to be the Dallas Cowboys against the Giants. Cowboys win this game 37-34 in a unexpected shootout. Daniel Jones has 222 yards, no touchdowns. Devontae Freeman, he goes for 60 yards on the ground and a touchdown. But the story of the offense was Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton was amazing. Eight catches, 129 yards. He was just torching the Cowboys secondary, which is not hard to do. The Giants were up 17-3 early on in this game, and then they gave the lead up. Obviously, because they're not a good football team. They're still learning they're still going through the process of rebuilding so this is not something to kind of like hang their heads about it's about building it's about going forward they have to see if daniel jones is the guy so it was a great opportunity to get a win but it's not the end of the world for the giants they're still in rebuild mode like i said for the cowboys dak prescott 166 yards passing and interception that interception was a pick six Ezekiel Elliott had a good game, 91 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. C.D. Lamb, it continues his impressive rookie campaign. Eight catches, 124 yards. Michael Gallup, he had a big catch in the final minute of the fourth quarter to win this game for them to put them in position to get the field goal. The defense actually played well, but that's not the story of the game, is it? The story of the game is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott broke his ankle on a freak accident play He, you know, was a QB draw. He rushes out of the pocket. He gets, you know, he fights for for some yardage, gets tackled from behind. You know, it's kind of like a a drag down type of tackle and gets his leg caught underneath. And it just, it broke. It it, it was, it was hard to watch, man, to see him on the floor, holding his leg, his ankle is sideways, his foot is sideways. And you, you knew, everybody knew, you know, just the. The energy and the enthusiasm was just sucked out of the building. The players' faces, fans' faces, Jerry's face, everybody was just destroyed. Dak Prescott is a hell of a man. You know, he's been through a lot of adversity in his life. His brother committed suicide. His mom's died of cancer. It, man, it's. I am a huge Cowboys fan. And... There's times, you know, there's weeks where I bash Dak Prescott's play. He makes poor decisions with the football. Even in that game, I had tweeted that, you know, he makes poor decisions with the football. We don't know what we're doing with him. We cannot pay him X amount of money if he's going to continue to make these bad decisions. And then he breaks his ankle. This is not the way I wanted this situation to go. As fans, as analysts... We criticize players, we criticize their actions, we criticize their play on the field, but you will never hear me criticize somebody for getting hurt. You will never hear me criticize somebody for having a career-threatening injury, and I'm not going to do it today. You know, there's time for me to kind of speak about what Dak's future is, but it's not right now. I just want to talk about what type of person Dak Prescott is. He came out and, you know, he was a, a, a champion for mental health. He's come out and said that he's dealt with his own issues and, you know, it's always a struggle for him. And people applauded that. More and more people are starting to talk up about their struggles with mental health and it's really, really important, especially for the African-American culture because it's always been a stigma where, you know, if you feel that you need help, it's a sign of weakness. So, you know, this guy has been through so much in his life. And, you know, you hear the cliche stuff about God doesn't give you more than you can handle. But this guy, he he knows what tragedy is. He knows what adversity feels like. This is not going to be anything new for Dak Prescott. And I said it on my Instagram. I'll say it here that this is not going to be the last we see of Dak Prescott. This is not going to be... His end, he's going to beat this. He's going to come back stronger and really and truly is going to make him a better person to go through this. From my own experiences, when I tore up my knee and my doctor looked at me and was like, I don't know if you'll ever be able to walk normal again. You know, a lot of emotions came through. It was like, man, like I I won't get to run around with my son. I'm not going to be able to do this. I can't do this. And then I said, "Okay, now it's time to go to work. So, Dak, go to work, man. Attack that rehab like how you attack life. Up next, we're going to talk about the Monday night football matchup between the Chargers and the New Orleans Saints. This may look like a lopsided affair on paper, but listen, Justin Herbert has looked amazing in the games that he started. This is why they've announced that he's the full-time starter for the rest of the season. They have turned the keys over to Justin Herbert, The Herbert era has begun. I love it. I can't wait to see how he goes toe-to-toe with Drew Brees. This is going to be another Tom Brady, you know, Justin Herbert matchup where this young guy is going against this old-ass quarterback. So, you know, if we're talking about it, what is the dynamic in this game? Well, let's talk about the actual issue with the top receiver for the Saints. Michael Thomas was supposed to be active for this game. But he ends up getting disciplined because he punched one of his teammates in the the face in practice. What are we doing here? What is actually going on with the Saints? I had no idea that Michael Thomas was this type of guy. Like, listen, tempers flare, things happen. Not going to say that this is going to define the guy's character or what. But it's just very, very shocking that this would happen to Michael Thomas. You've never really heard anything like this before. So are they going to be fine without Michael Thomas in this game? Absolutely. But... You would expect Drew Brees to be a little disappointed knowing that his top receiver, his number one guy, is gone because of a disciplinarian situation in practice. That's not the way Drew Brees likes to, likes to go about things. He's a professional. He wants to keep everybody in line. So I'm sure him and Micah Thomas had a nice, long talk about this situation. Alvin Kamara's is obviously going to have a great game. They're going to ask a lot from him this game, like usual. So if I have a prediction, I got the Saints winning this game. I think the Saints win comfortably. I think they win 30-21. to It's going to be a nice game between the two quarterbacks. Drew Brees has 275 yards, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara probably goes for 85 yards rushing, another 85 yards receiving, and I expect another big game from Emmanuel Sanders. He's been trending upward. He's been looking good. I think he kind of... Gets where he fits in this offense now. Drew Brees has a little rapport with him. So I'm curious to see what happens. But it's going to be a good game. I love the Chargers. I love the Saints. This is going to be a must-see matchup, in my opinion, because I like both quarterbacks. You know, you have a quarterback that's at the end of his road, and you have a quarterback that's just beginning his road. So it's a great story. Great, phenomenal story. All right, after the break, celebration time. NBA Finals, we're going to talk about what the hell happened. Everybody knows what happened, but I like to stretch things out because it's my show. I don't care. On a Monday, it's all even
0: so stressed because i hate
1: my job let me guess you're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button Well, come down to connecticut school of broadcasting we have campuses in westbury new york boston connecticut new jersey north carolina georgia and florida develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production television radio and sports broadcasting Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me, it took me seven years to get here and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar.
0: And what a way to close out this championship season as you see davis and james it's all coming out you know one of to me one of the great pleasures of this job every year is watching they become little kids again when that title is realized when it's finally over and all the work all the sweat all the practices all the travel and in this case all this time in the bubble ends up with what they all set out for as their number one and only goal. You know what each guy invested and LeBron is thinking I promised this guy this I told him that things would be different and to finish it off. They all should be extremely proud and J.R. Smith already shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> Final seconds here in this NBA season. The respect from those two. And that's it. It's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number
1: 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Lakers are your NBA champions! The celebration has started in L.A. It has started in my house since last night. What a performance. What a dominant performance that they put on in Game 6. 106-93 106-93 to 93 doesn't really tell the score. They were up 30 points at halftime. They blew the doors off of this team. This Miami Heat team, their NBA Finals ended in Game 5. They left everything, everything on the court. An impressive, impressive showing performance that they had in Game 5. Jimmy Butler was phenomenal. Another triple-double virtuoso he had. He had two of those in the series. The only two games that they actually won and Jimmy Butler didn't have anything last night. He he gave all he could in that game five. He ended up with 12 points, seven rebounds, eight assists, five of 10 shooting, and he played 45 minutes. He just didn't have any energy. Bam out of Bayou, 25 points, 10 rebounds. You know, Goran Draja came back and tried to make a run at it, but he didn't have anything left. You know, this was just a undermatched team, but they fight. They fight hard. And I love to see that in teams. I love to see that although they know that they're up against it, they're still not going to give up. And for the Lakers, LeBron James, what what more can you say? 28 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, 41 minutes. Anthony Davis, he was hobbled, still finished with 19 and 15. Caldwell Pope, another impressive game in the NBA Finals. He has stepped up big in these Finals. I have killed Caldwell Pope since they signed him three years ago. I've killed him every year. He's actually earned my respect. He's earned it in these NBA Finals. He's played extremely hard. He's played poised. He's played with confidence. Marcus Morris had three points, but he played decent defense. Everybody was great defensively last night. Everyone, everyone was on the money. And Rajon Rondo, 19 points, four rebounds, four assists off the bench. The guy is just phenomenal. He has two championships, one with the Celtics, one with the Lakers. That is that is awesome. That is amazing. This team, although they weren't a great team top to bottom in regards to impressive players down the line, they were a great team. Chemistry wins championships. Defense wins championships. And kudos to Rob Palenka. Kudos to... To Jeannie Buss. Kudos to Frank Vogel. They bought in, they trusted each other, they trusted the process, and look what happens. It paid off. A championship. Rob Palenka, he's my executive of the year. They gave it to Lawrence Frank, but that's bullshit. Lawrence Frank shouldn't have won this award. This was Rob Palenka's award. Everybody killed him. Everybody killed him. Oh, he waited for Kawhi too long. There's no talent out there. Now he has to pick from the scraps. Look what he did with this roster. He picked players that worked together well with LeBron James, that worked together well with each other, that didn't have any egos. That's what a GM does, and he did just that. Lawrence Frank put together a bunch of guys that didn't work, but yet you get executive of the year. I just love how the NBA works sometimes. I want to know who's voting for executive of the year, because I don't know what the hell they're looking at. But I digress. We're not going to talk about the Clippers today. Well, not right now, anyway. The Lakers have, to me, this is probably one of the most impressive NBA championships in their history because it has so much meaning. Kobe Bryant dying. COVID. The, The season, you know, is in the brink. Nobody knows if they're playing or not. They're off for four months, and all of a sudden, there's an agreement that's reached. NBA is going to be played in July. Now we're in this bubble. You can't leave the bubble. You can't have family in the bubble. It's a mental grind, and everybody is dealing with the same grind, but this Laker team, I remember them watching videos and stuff even before the restart happened. They were riding bikes together. They were working out together. They were constantly, you know, you heard LeBron James saying they were constantly on, you know, uh, chats together and all that, talking, communicating. They were always trying to stay locked in. LeBron James, he did his most masterful leader job this year. And it paid off. They won an NBA championship. This, t- listen, man, I, I really, I, I'm on cloud nine. Like, I don't care what happens for the rest of the year in regards to sports. <laughs> the Lakers are NBA champions. Champions. Not the Clippers, Not the Bucks, not the Celtics. The Lakers. Number 17 is home. We did it for Kobe. We did it for Gigi. We did it for Jerry Buss. All the fans, all the Laker fans, man, this was this was special. Like it was supposed to happen. This was meant to happen. It was fate. That the Lakers ended up winning this NBA title. All the pain the last six years were. Kobe Bryant was on his last legs. The team wasn't too good. We had a whole bunch of young guys. The transition had started. Jim Buss was running this franchise into the ground. And then Jeannie said enough. I'm going to take this team back from my brother. This idiot. And I'm going to get us back to where we need to be. My father trusted me. To get the Lakers back on track. And that's exactly what she did. I remember when LeBron came here. I was laying in the bed. You know my foot up in the air. Because I just had surgery. My boy was over here. And we were just watching the free agency. Hoping some good news would happen. And I saw on my phone. LeBron James has decided to sign with the Lakers. Man I jumped off that bed. <laughs> I crawled upstairs in in, in excitement. Like man I, I can't believe this is happening. Because I had a feeling, I had a hope that if LeBron came here, a championship would follow. I, I always had that, that belief. I had friends say, oh, well, you know, LeBron, I don't really like LeBron, but, you know, I'm going to support. No, 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 I don't want to hear none of that rubbish. I'm a Kobe fan. I love Kobe, but I bleed purple and gold. I'm a Laker fan first. I'm a Kobe stand just like the rest of them. But I'm also a LeBron James supporter. I know what greatness looks like. This man is great. And we had a lot of Laker fans early on that didn't want to support this move. They didn't like it because, oh, he'll never be Kobe. We're not asking him to be Kobe. We're just asking him to be LeBron. Be great and put us in a position where we belong. The Lakers are not bottom feeders. We're not a bottom feeding franchise. We deserve to be on the top. And LeBron James's one mission was to get the Lakers back on top. And I'm still waiting for a couple of friends to apologize because of what they said about LeBron James when he came here. You claim to be Lakers fans, but yet you're not going to support the man that comes here to save us? Nah, I'll never forgive y'all for that. I keep receipts. Ah, <laughs> Lakers are champs. I don't care about nothing, like I said, for the rest of the year that happens to have to do with sports. I don't care. Steve Cohen bought the Mets. All right, great. Who cares? I don't care. The Lakers have capped off the greatest championship, in my opinion. The one thing I would give true Laker fans, true Laker fans props for, is that we don't celebrate your past accolades, what you did before you got here. You got to do it here. No matter what you've done in the past, it does not matter unless you rise to the occasion in Los Angeles, unless you raise one of those banners that you helped bring. Otherwise, we don't care. They don't care. It's amazing how this fan base is loyal to you, but you have to prove yourself first. LeBron James has written his own ticket in Los Angeles he'll never have to pay for another meal again this is how beautiful the city of Los Angeles is when it comes to basketball when it comes to the Lakers that they are true they are real and they will give it to you straight after the break we're going to talk about LeBron James's legacy on a Monday championship Monday it's all even yo yo what up it's your boy DJ G money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire, fire, All Even. We here. Let's go.
0: Of course, the finals MVP trophy, as you just said, is named after Bill Russell, who has been with us every year for the finals, but of course couldn't be in the bubble this year. But I know he's watching at home. And I have a feeling that this finals MVP is going to have a trophy named after him one day. The finals MVP is LeBron James.
1: Welcome back, y'all. Nick Wright had a very good point today. I was listening to his show this morning, and he was saying that LeBron James is the best builder of a franchise because when you know that he's coming or he's on your team, a title follows. When he signed with the Miami Heat in 2010, they got to the finals, they lost. Year two, they won a title. He leaves and goes to Cleveland. They get to the NBA finals. Year two, they win a title. He then leaves Cleveland, goes to LA. Year one, they don't make the playoffs. Year two, he wins a title. Can you name me one other guy in any sport I don't care what sport it is, that when he's on your team, no matter who's on that team, that team automatically becomes better and automatically becomes a title contender. There is none. LeBron James is what I call an organizational builder. This guy plays the right way, and because he plays the right way, he allows his teammates to gain immense confidence. And they play so well together because of that. Let's think about the teams that he had in Cleveland. 2007, Mike Brown's his head coach. The best other player he had on the team was Mo Williams and Booby Gibson. They end up upsetting the Detroit Pistons that have had a stranglehold on the Eastern Conference for years. And they get to the NBA Finals. Now they lose to the San Antonio Spurs because the Spurs were better. They were one of the best teams in the NBA that year. They have three Hall of Famers. But what's crazy about it is that while it was happening, we weren't really understanding what was going on or what we were seeing. We were just like, ah, oh, this young kid you know, took this team to the NBA Finals. They, they were in over their heads and... It's a great feel-good story, and, you know, we don't have to worry about the Cavs. LeBron James is a great player, but the Cavs are not anything. And yet they continue to win in the Eastern Conference. Year after year, 60 games, 60 games. And now people are starting to realize, like, wait a second. Well, this, ge- this team is winning all of these games. They're supposed, to- they're supposed to win a championship, right? Because they're-, they're-, they're finishing with, like, almost one of the best records in the league. No, it was the LeBron James effect. As great as LeBron James is, his aura, his presence, the way he plays, elevates the entire organization to heights that they don't belong in. The Cleveland Cavaliers had no business being as successful as they were. But the greatness of LeBron James is what caused that. When, uh, when, is, when is there another time you can actually say that? We normally hear, oh, the player needs, you know, he needs other players or he's struggling or, you know, he can't win here. He won in Cleveland. He just couldn't win a championship because they weren't very good in regards to who they had on the team. But the franchise made so much money. They were such a successful franchise because of LeBron James. He heads to Miami. Miami didn't make the playoffs for four straight seasons until... He got there. And then what? What did we see? Championship. Doesn't matter if Dwayne Wade was there. Doesn't matter if Chris Bosh was there. He finally got over the hump because he had other guys that can be able to help him. Great. But what we're not realizing is that the franchise was elevated again. Why? Because of LeBron James. Dwayne Wade wasn't a great fit for LeBron James stylistically. They were just two great players who were undeniable. It wasn't a great fit, but they made it work. Four straight NBA Finals. Then he leaves. He goes back to Cleveland. Team is not that great. They had drafted Kyrie Irving in these years, but the Cleveland franchise was in the dumps. They had won the number one pick, I think, twice in that frame when LeBron James was in Cleveland two or three times. And... When he got back there, they traded for Kevin Love, and the franchise was elevated yet again. It's amazing how whatever this guy touches becomes great. I've never seen anything like LeBron James. Now, I say all that to say this. It's time for everybody to stop and actually appreciate what they're seeing. We don't have to compare LeBron James to Michael Jordan. We don't have to compare LeBron James to Kobe Bryant and say that Kobe's a better Laker. We just need to start to appreciate what we're seeing. LeBron James is 35 years old. He's won four MVPs. He just won his fourth NBA title. He just won his fourth finals MVP. He has surpassed 34,000 points, 9,000 rebounds, 9,000 assists. Let that sink in for a second. Let's not talk about how he stacks up with Michael Jordan. Because all the Jordan fans are always going to compare, no matter what good player comes along, to Michael Jordan. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of the MJ-LeBron debate. I'm not going to have it anymore. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. MJ was great in his era. LeBron James is great in his era. Leave it at that. I saw greatness in Chicago. I'm seeing greatness in Cleveland. I saw greatness in Miami. And I'm seeing greatness in LA. By LeBron James. This guy has won four titles with three different teams. And here's the the amazing part about it. Is that he's still the number one dog in those destinations. That is unheard of. When Jordan came back. And played with the Washington Wizards. Wizards weren't good. Jordan didn't elevate that team. He put up great numbers. But there was no organizational building there. He was just playing. LeBron James is still building back organizations. The Lakers were dead in the water for six seasons. No playoffs. 17 win seasons number two draft picks, consecutive seasons, and now they're NBA champions. Because LeBron is a historian of the game and said that I cannot allow the Lakers to continue to falter and fold like this. I need to help the Lakers get back to where they need to be. That is video game stuff. LeBron James is a video game. It it doesn't make sense as to how one man can be able to change a franchise, make an organization live up or exceed expectation. That's greatness. Deciding at a young age and say, I am not going to allow a franchise to dictate how long I sign with this particular team. I'm going to decide my own future. I'm going to choose where I want to go so I can be able to open up the doors for other people who are not happy with their owners, who are not happy with their organizations, the right to leave. I'm going to give them the option to sign shorter deals and control their destiny. That's greatness. For a guy to say, I'm going to stand up for social justice, that's greatness. We need to start appreciating LeBron James instead of saying what he isn't or He's not MJ. He's not this guy. He's not this guy. Who cares? MJ is not Bill Russell. Bill Russell is not Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ain't Shaq. Allen Iverson is not Kobe Bryant. The list goes on. Who cares, though? All of them are great in their own right. And what we're seeing right now, we may not see again. For a guy to be able to be this durable, this historically great at this advanced stage of his career, me and LeBron James are the same age. I don't look like LeBron James. I don't play like LeBron James. So we have to start appreciating that and stop knocking this guy. For what? What is there a reason to knock LeBron James? If you're a real basketball fan, Because let's be real. Okay, he was in the Eastern Conference. People are saying, oh, well, the Eastern Conference is soft. Okay, he goes to the West. Oh, well, you know, he didn't play the Clippers. So? So anytime that a great team doesn't play another great team because that other team lost, you're going to blame that great team for winning? (laughs) How does that make sense? So if I'm in a race... And there's a guy that's better than me or we're on the same level. And he ends up tripping and falling and I win that race. Is that my fault? No. So why don't we just appreciate what we're seeing? Appreciate the guy while he's still here. Because I would hate to see that when LeBron James retires, everybody's like, man, you know, LeBron was great. Why don't you just appreciate him when he's playing? It's the same thing with Kobe Bryant. Everybody used to hate Kobe Bryant, who was not a Laker fan. Oh, Kobe Bryant's an asshole. Oh, he's this. He's that. He's that. As soon as Kobe Bryant retires, oh, he's such a great player. He's such a great father. You know, he's a. You know, he's doing all of this with his media company. He is such a great man. Cut the nonsense. Appreciate people when they're doing what they're doing in the time that they're doing it, not when they're finished. You know, the beauty about sports is that we do things that we normally wouldn't do in our regular lives. Like we uh, compare a great player to another great player. But your kids, you don't do that to your children, do you? Oh, well, Tommy, you're not Billy. You don't do the things that Billy used to do. No, you love your kids equally. So as fans of the game, if a person is great, why not just appreciate the guy for his greatness instead of trying to compare him to somebody else that played in a completely different era 20-plus years ago. It doesn't make sense. I understand that fans mean fanatic, but at the end of the day, analysts, pundits, fans, appreciate the guy when he's playing. I don't care who it is. We're going to be talking about some other player in the next decade or 15 years from now, and I'm going to have the same energy. Appreciate the guy while he's doing it. Let's stop talking about what he can't do or who he's not better than in historical context. Who cares? Who cares? Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on a planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Monday... It's all leaving. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. <laughs> Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils, but to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in the dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the Planet Dummy of the Week. Coming, yeah. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. We're going to do things a little differently today. All because it's Laker week. It's Laker month. It's Laker the end of the year until the regular season starts. And I love to rub things in. I'm a sore winner. And when my team wins, I keep receipts. (laughs) I love that because I always like to go back to that ask them, Remember when you said this? Remember when this happened? Remember when you said this? May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is all the NBA pundits, all the analysts, all the fans. That said that the Clippers <laughs> were the best team in the NBA. They're going to win the championship. Or the Lakers, they're no good. They have spare parts. They have a junky team. It doesn't work. Frank Vogel sucks. Rob Pelinka's is terrible. Genie Buss doesn't know what she's doing. Ah, <laughs> uh, This is for you. Which team in L.A. Um, would you think raymond based on your experience
0: is the better is the better bunch i have a hard time picking against the clippers who do you think's gonna win the west this year um
1: the clippers clippers over the lakers yeah
0: clippers or lakers clippers why lakers.
1: i think their pieces fit together a little bit better
0: clippers on the other hand have a team that completely bought in last year with no superstars You add two of the most selfless superstars in the game to go both ways. Obviously, Paul George's shoulder is going to be a big concern, but I think it's the Clippers' championship to lose this year.
1: The Clippers not only have the best
0: defensive versatility in the league, yes, the Lakers have a height advantage, but the three-point shooting of the Clippers with Lou Will and Trez on the floor, the Clippers are the best team in basketball. The Clippers, because of their depth, because of their versatility, especially between guys that are 6'2 to 6'9, they got the most of them in the NBA that can really play. So I'm going with the Clippers.
1: The Clippers are loaded. And this is gonna be like an advanced,
0: organized version of rec ball. They're disruptive defensively. They're the best team in the league at defending isolation plays. That's why the Clippers are my choice to make it to the NBA Finals out of the West.
1: I believe in my friend, Doc Rivers. I believe he will figure out who that person is, even if they have to make a move. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Clippers. That, that team defensively so? is gonna be great. Great, I mean. Great, great. All time. Historic, yeah. right? So I'm going
0: with the Clippers. And what you said about the Clippers, who's going to organize them on the road, I have reservations about LeBron being a closer in his
1: 17th year at 35. That's why I, I, I can't go with the Lakers. When you look at the Clippers, top to bottom, coaching, starter, perimeter, superstars, their depth, I mean, this is where the Lakers fall off. If you remember on Christmas, they had a lead of 12, 13 points, and we thought the Lakers would run away. But then, here come the Clippers, the bench, they just wear you down over the course of 48 minutes. And uh, I just see in no scenario the Lakers beating them in the series. LeBron James,
0: Los Angeles, is out of the championship business. He wants to be a six foot eight Kevin Hart. That's why he's here. LeBron James has a better chance probably of winning an Emmy than he does winning a championship in L.A. A few moments later... The Pelicans have agreed to finally trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers. I think the Pelicans won the trade about as convincingly as I've ever
1: seen a team win a superstar trade. Well,
0: our Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi is the reigning and defending best player in the game until proven otherwise... And that includes LeBron James. Kawhi Leonard is so much easier to plug in to any lineup than Anthony Davis. Defensively, who are the Lakers using to stop guys on the perimeter?
1: The the Lakers, the back end of that roster, you've got... uh, I'm not sure on anybody else there. What have we seen from Dwight Howard
0: that would lead you to believe that he's going to come in and make any difference at all? Is it not more likely that the Lakers miss the playoffs than the championship? So the odds are better that they miss the playoffs than they win the championship. I would say so, yes. They don't have Avery Bradley. Good luck against Portland. The Los Angeles Lakers in five. You cannot get to a conference finals. You can't hit threes and you can't defend them, and they don't do either. As this series comes to an end, the Lakers advance. Denver now's healthy. Jokic and all. Anthony Davis disappears from fourth. This is who he is. He got no dog. Oh, it's good! It's good! He'll take a three. LeBron James will hit a three. How about it? LeBron James and the Lakers are headed back. 2020
1: got off to a terrible start, but this team has been a beacon of light, channeling that Mamba mentality. It took a while, but the Lakers are back. This is what it's all about. We're thinking
0: about the Bryant family, uh, Vanessa and them daughters, they're with us, we're with you guys, Uh, we love you guys, and hopefully, you know, we're making them proud.
1: (laughs) So NBA pundits, NBA fans, you guys may be the biggest losers today. But you're possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. i see you guys on Friday. Until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcasts. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button.